Asante Samuel Jr. ended his season in fashion last year with three interceptions in the Chargers playoff game against the Jags. We think he is poised now for a full-on breakout campaign in 2023. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. To make sure you guys never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys as always for making us your first listen. David, what do you got today? Today, we are going to get into our levels of breakout players. We're going to start with the guys that we feel very confident that this season is going to be their breakout year. And then we're going to talk about some guys that could go their way, could be a boom, or it could be a bust. And then we're going to finish up with some guys that we kind of have to see it before we'll believe it. Yes, we can't use Kenneth Murray as a breakout candidate again. He's already been banned from both of our breakout lists. But he does feel like a guy you'd have to see it before you believe it. Now, whereas someone like Isaiah Spiller, it's like, hey, he could get the RB2 role. He could disappear entirely. But the guy I'm most confident about, David, making a breakout campaign, and I think this is important context too, right? Justin Herbert can't have a breakout year. Neither can Joey Bosa or Rashawn Slater or Derwin James or even Michael Davis, right? Like all these guys we've seen have good kind of breakout seasons to different, you know, levels of it. But I do think Asante Samuel Jr., David, it's easy to kind of Think about him because of how that season ended last year. Getting those three interceptions in the first half of a playoff game, it really showed you, okay, hey, this dude can be an electric, game-changing type of ball hawk and, you know, an important game. I think he is the most likely charger this year to kind of take that next step and have us, you know, be more well-regarded as one of the best corners. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that's that's really fun to watch and it's been an awesome to see in his career for Asante Samuel Jr. is the fact that he has gotten better every single year that he's been in the NFL. And I, I feel like he capped it off in that playoff game showing everything that he was that he's able to bring to the table the vision the instincts the ball skills his kind of you know do or die nature and some of those plays where he's just going to go try to make a play and he can and i think that's the thing that's so exciting about his game is that once he kind of gets even more comfortable and even stronger understanding of the defense and more importantly what the offensive players are trying to do to him he's going to be able to take even more calculated risks and i think that's going to turn into a more interceptions for Asante. Samuel Jr. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to think that because, I mean, he only had four interceptions in his first two seasons, and then he yeah. goes and has three in one game, and you realize, yeah. hey, he could be one of those guys. And I think, you know, it's just a fine line because, like, Marcus Peters is a great corner, right? Or yeah. as far as, like, you know, a great takeaway artist at the very least, right? But sure. he's very boomer bust. And it feels like Asante Samuel Jr. has a little bit of that to his game as far as ironing out the consistency is going to be a big part of it. I think. The biggest thing I have here, David, as far as question marks, what could get in the way of this is the run defense, right? It's how we saw the season end, because even though you saw the good in that game against the Jags, you also saw the bad where you kind of busted a coverage and gave up a long touchdown and also missed the tackle, right? Had a chance at Travis Etienne on fourth and one. We all know the rest, but 
I think the encouraging thing there is his rookie season, he missed 20.8% of his tackles. Last year, that number went down to 9.5%. And I think yeah. that's a good sign that, okay, he can do it. We know he can do it. He's getting better at it. And we know he has the right attitude to go do it. We weren't sure after the concussion you know, issues that he had as a rookie. He came back last year, showed he's still willing to kind of you know, stick his head into things. I mean, I think run defense has more to do with just making sure you're in the right spot too. And that's somewhere yeah. I think he has to get a lot better. But I think sure. it's all really nice to see him actually get better from first year to second year and hoping that it can get better going forward. And I think the other thing, David, is just can he take away, you know, can he carry over any of that momentum into this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that he can. I mean, it's one thing to get, you know, one interception, two interceptions in a game. It's another thing entirely to be able to do that on a gigantic stage when, you know, pretty much everyone in America is yeah. watching. I mean, the, the stars are the ones that turn on their game the brightest when the lights are the brightest. And I think that's what Asante was able to do in that game. And, I mean, I think that's uh, there's no way that you can't get confidence coming from that. And, yeah, the missed tackles, I think, is what's really encouraging that going down, you know, going from 11 missed tackles down to six missed tackles. That's fantastic. Also, his uh, reception percentage allowed down from 67.9 to 59.6. So those are just positive progressions. And also, I mean, hey, if the Chargers get it there, way and have it their way they're probably going to have jc on the outside on one side michael davis on the outside on the other and potentially asante samuel jr in the slot where i feel like his game and his quickness translates extremely well i think so too it'll be interesting because that's not how they had it last year but bryce callahan was in the mix right right so they at times had jaseer taylor in there over you know one of those two guys on the outside but jc jackson was hurt most of last year so we didn't really right. get to see what it would look like over a full season I think this is the other thing is he just ended his season very strong, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, he only gave up 33 yards total during the Chargers four-game win streak really at good. the end of the year. <laughs> he gave up one catch or less in six of the Chargers' last game, six of the Chargers' last seven games in 2022. So six out of those games, he allowed one Can't catch. Can't do much better than that. He allowed one catch. I mean, one of them was like a 50-yard catch, right? Then that's kind of sure. the more best nature of what we're talking about, but he showed some flashes down the stretch where it's like, okay, he can take another step. And I wouldn't surprise me at all to have him do that in this season. Yeah. I think cutting the TDs down is one of the things that I'm hoping to see, you know, going into this, this season here. I mean, he gave up six touchdowns last year and I think that was up from three from the previous year. So I think, you know, that's one thing with that consistency with that extra year in the system. I think those are, are going to help him, cut some of that stuff and also and hopefully an improved pass rush with the guys in front of him getting after the quarterback a little bit quicker and not having those guys have to cover as long yeah I think that's a big part of it too because he didn't get the pass rush in front of him that was promised right no, either but I do want to talk about one more guy David I feel pretty good about making a leap in year two and it's Zion Johnson the Chargers second year guard who's not only you know picked in the first round which comes with expectations but I had an up and down season where I thought another guy who got better towards the end of the year he's another guy David for a lot of reasons that I think could take his game to the next level and I think we could see a new version of him where we start talking about him you know in the context of you know top 15 guard doesn't sound that crazy to me I think Zion Johnson could make that leap even as an offensive lineman you know breakouts can still be fun yeah and and, and I think the one thing to kind of remember uh, and remind ourselves is that 
as Charger fans, we were very, very, very privileged to watch Rashawn Slater sure. come in and play as well as he did. And I think that did set some unrealistic expectations for Zion Johnson and what we were going to see from him. And yeah, he had an up and down here, you know, 40 pressures, seven hits, five sacks allowed, six penalties. So that's something that, you know, we can see cleaned up. But there is definitely several reasons why you should be very excited and, and encouraged about his ability to break out. Number one, he's going back to his more natural position of left guard i mean something that should be you know like riding a bike somebody's going to pick right up and be able to excel and also it's the guys he gets to play a net play next to and that is an all pro right on his left side with Rashawn Slater and an all pro on his right side in the middle with Corey Lindsley. So I think for those reasons, you should be very encouraged and very excited about the prospects of Zion Johnson being a guy that will break out in a major way here in 2023. I think it's very possible. And I think you could see it towards the end of the season. He got much more comfortable. I mean, you know, PFF grades, obviously we always say take with a grain, grain of salt, but in weeks 1 through 11, he had six passing bass blocking grades of 50 or lower. In weeks 12 through 18, he had zero, right? I mean, which I think at least shows you a baseline level. Yeah. And he gave up four or more pressures four times in weeks 1 through 12 and didn't have another game like that the rest of the season. This is the other reason. We've seen guys take a step in their oh, yeah. second year. I mean, some guys come in and they're Zach Martin, right? And right. Quentin Nelson, and they're just great right away, of course. But someone like Shaq Mason, right? As a rookie, he gave up one pressure every 15.8 snaps which is not good at all Mm -hmm. as a sophomore one pressure every 24.5 snaps that's a big difference right 10 more snaps added onto that and you're at a good number there he also switched from left guard to right guard and you also have chris lindstrom as a rookie one pressure every 14.6 snaps and then as a sophomore second season in the league one every 25 snaps so we have seen guys take this jump and he's not even starting at a place that's that low. He gave up pressure only once every 20 snaps last year. Yeah. I think he could have a jump and get, you know, closer to 30 than he is to 20. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Another good thing, he's already a good run blocker. And that's yeah. one thing he has going for him. And he had some really, really good moments, even against, you know, guys like DeForest Buckner against the Colts, where he's just uprooting him and he's yeah. really just opening up a wide lane into the end zone. I like Zion Johnson. I think he could have a really good season, and I think the Chargers, you know, are looking forward to hopefully him and Jamari Sawyer for the next, like, five years at least being the Justin Herbert's protection on the inside because that has yes. the potential to grow into something really, really special, I think, especially compared to some of the Chargers' offensive lines we've seen in the past. But these are the guys we feel most confident about, David. The guys we're going to talk about next, Alohi Gilman and Isaiah Spiller, who has a chance to win the running back two spot for the Chargers. And two running backs get a lot of run with Kellen Moore. Three, not so much. So the guys we're talking about next are kind of boom or bust breakout candidates that it could really go either way for both these guys. But I do need to tell you guys that you need to be making a fast break to FanDuel right now during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The great thing about FanDuel is they have great promotions every day and you always get safe and secure app that gets you paid instantly. Lakers fans, I apologize. I'm sorry that that happened to you, me included in that. It was a very, very sad day. But the good news is with FanDuel, you can get away with that and start daydreaming into the future of the NFL and bet a bunch of NFL futures if you want to do that. And you also have baseball and hockey playoffs going on right now. Jump on another team. FanDuel has all of the best action you could look for. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
David, the next guys we're talking about here, it feels like truly could go in either direction with Isaiah Spiller and Alohi Gilman. But the one thing we know both of these guys should have is the opportunity for major snaps in 2023 as we see it right now. But that's just today, David. What if we actually got to talk to Isaiah Spiller about this? The good news is we will be because later on in the week, the everydayers know we are here Monday through Friday right now. And Isaiah Spiller should be on the show on Thursday. Everything's linked up right now. We should be good and very, very excited to bring another Chargers player onto the show for you guys. We'll see what he has to say about this competition coming up. But, David, we also have Eric Williams, one of the OGs, former ESPN cover, writer covering the Chargers and now covers them for Fox Sports. Excited to get him on the show. What were the differences between Justin Herbert and Phillip Rivers? Because there are a lot of them. We will have that for you guys tomorrow. But getting back to these breakout candidates, Isaiah Spiller actually feels, David, like he could be that breakout candidate, but at the same time feels like if he doesn't kind of break out and win that running back two spot, that he could also disappear. Yeah, I mean, I think the one, one of the things that you want as a player is just an opportunity, a chance to be the guy, a chance to be featured in either offense or defense, just featured in a major role. That is exactly what Isaiah Spiller is going to have in front of him in training camp. A huge opportunity to win that RB2 job. And it's going to be some stiff competition because Joshua Kelly definitely is going to have something to say about it. He had a, a, a much improved year last year. He rededicated himself. His body got right. And he went out there and he performed a whole lot better. But I still think, you know, hey, with a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore is going to want to come in here and evaluate and see who is going to be the one that takes a hold of that job. And Isaiah Spiller, I think, is going to have every opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's one of the big things he has going for him is just a fresh start, right? It's not that Kellen yeah. Moore went and drafted him. No. Joe Lombardi wanted him, right? So that and didn't end up working out in the last year of Joe Lombardi's tenure as Chargers offensive coordinator. But it does seem like having a fresh chance, you know, it's, I don't think Austin Eckler's kind of role is up for grabs at this point, but it does feel like anyone after him, it's fair game. And I oh, mean, yeah. the Chargers have every reason to want it to be Isaiah oh, Spiller, yeah. mainly because Isaiah Spiller is the only Chargers running back that's even under contract after this upcoming season. So at the end <laughs> of this season, wild. you have Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler headed into unrestricted free agency. Yeah. You hope that Isaiah Spiller can break out. And I think there's a lot of reasons to think he can. I mean, especially if you're going to pre-draft buyers. And I just think that we don't have enough at the NFL level to really judge him based off his NFL tape because it was no. 22 carries, right? Like, we, right. Don't, we don't know enough about what he can do at the NFL level yet. But he showed a lot of things in college. He had a very good receiver, right? Mm -hmm. He also was a guy that had very, very good vision in the hole, had yeah. good footwork. We know yeah. he's been going in the offseason and working on his footwork, trying to get – more explosive was definitely yeah. one of the things he's posted that he's trying to get more of going into year two. So I think there are good reasons, but he's going to have a tough competition too. Yeah. I mean, and I think another thing uh, that you, that you really got to make known about his game is the contact balance. I mean, I thought he was a really, that was a really big aspect of his game was just being able to bounce off of tackles and be able to get kind of those really tough extra yards, which is, is really what he was asked to do a lot in the, in the sec, you know, when he was playing for Texas A&M, I mean, you know, a lot of those in between the tackles type of runs and runs where you really had to kind of punish the defense to to get those positive yards. And he was able to do that. And I mean, Isaiah Spiller is still such a very young player, but for him to get these opportunities here and to be trusted to be the guy, 
to be your RB2. He's going to have to prove that he is going to be able to protect his quarterback and pass protection. That's definitely going to be one of the big things that, you know, they're going to have to make sure of before they're, you know, able to put him on the field and give him opportunities. But also when he does get those opportunities, he's going to have to show out. You know, he's going to have yeah. to prove that he understands the playbook, that he's able to go out there and play fast and execute and be productive. I mean, that's what it's going to take if he wants to be the man. Yeah, and I mean, also take care of the football. But if exactly. you, those are the two things for a running back, right? The yeah. catnip for coaches, as I've always said. If you can't <laughs> pass protect for Justin Herbert, you're just not going to be can't out put there. You on the Josh field, Kelly, yeah. you know, considers himself one of the ba- best pass protecting running backs in the league, and he's come a long way in his three seasons leading up to this one. It's going to yeah. be a really, really hard competition. It's impossible to feel super confident, but it does feel like, you know, both Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott got around 200 carries last yeah, year. Yeah, a lot. The third running back was under 40. So Yeah, not much. Whoever loses out on this, unless there's an injury, could be losing out on a lion's share of work or at least a big size you know, role in this Chargers offense in this upcoming season. So I think Isaiah Spiller can do it. I liked him coming out. We'll see Definitely. if he can put it together during this training camp and earn his role, earn the running back two spot for the Chargers because that should be a spot that gets a lot of carries. But – Alohi Gilman, the one thing both these guys have in common, the Chargers didn't add to either of these positions, right? They're telling you how they feel about Isaiah Spiller and whether or not Austin Eckler is getting traded, incidentally, by not bringing in another running back. The Chargers did not bring in another safety. So Alohi Gilman enters this conversation because he has the best opportunity here. He is getting a starting job. It looks like his only competition is JT Woods, who we're going to talk about later, and the guys yeah. we just can't trust they break out from. He's going to get a chance, David, to do it. He's going to get playing time. And really, the Chargers kind of need him to. Not only do they need him to, but they seem to have a lot of confidence in him. I mean, these are words from Coach Staley here. He said, Lowe's a stabilizer. He's a guy that brings a lot of play style that we believe in out there. He can see. He's calm. He plays with patience. He's a commander. He's got real toughness. When Lowe went in there this season, we played better defensively. So he has the confidence of the coaching staff, which is very, very important. And and I think in spurts, you know, uh, especially that Miami game, he played very, very well. He played very good football. And, and, and I think that's the thing of, that makes you feel like this is a boom or bust candidate because you've seen some really good moments and then you've seen some not so good moments where you're like, I don't know if I want to see that guy on the football field for an extended period of time with a sure. lot of responsibility. But there are some good aspects of his game. I think he's a very, very solid football player and the Chargers could get away with that, but it's just really scary just because that position group feels like it's just one guy too thin. He's just a very uneven player. I mean, I think he has the instincts, right? And I think he's become a better tackler over the first couple of years where you feel like he, you know, has a good chance to not be a disaster. I mean, he needs this season. It's contract year for him. This is his best opportunity so far. Would I like this position to be John Johnson and have, you know, competition for this spot? Absolutely, I would. But right now his competition is JT Woods. And I think that if he gets out there and can make some plays, especially early on in the season, he's going to get that confidence. And if he doesn't, it's going to show because the Chargers don't have anything else, right? So if he isn't there, if he doesn't take a step this season, he's going to be under the magnifying glass of six primetime games where they're going to be asking him to play very meaningful snaps against a very stiff, you know, schedule that they're going up against. Man, this feels like a very boomer bust one. I like Louis Gilman, but like last year, you know, allowed 13 out of 17 targets that were towards him to get caught. 
for 23 and a half yards per carry on average. Like mm. those are or per catch, per catch on average. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a big number there. Yeah. And he feels like he's a boomer bust player, but he has been able to kind of hone in the reckless parts of his game. Another guy, you know, he missed 40 percent of his tackles one season. He's gotten a lot better in that regard. It's just David, another guy who's impossible to trust yeah. in a position group you wish had a lot more depth. But it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if Louis Gilman went out there with kind of some of the things he figured out being one of their better defenders during that four-game winning streak against really bad quarterbacks, obviously, which has sure. to be said. But still, it feels like it's not impossible that Alohi Gilman takes another step this year. No, I don't think it's impossible at all. I mean, I feel like he's a guy that has a very good foundation, and I feel like as he gets more confident out there and he makes more plays, I feel like he's a guy that that's going to help bring him out of his shell more, and I think yeah. that's going to allow him to play more you know, with more swagger, that confidence is going to bring out his play style, which, I mean, I feel like he's a very smart football player. He's generally in the right uh, positions when he's out there. And so once he starts making plays and he gets confidence, I think that's when he's out there playing his best. Yeah. He lacks size. He lacks overall athleticism, right. I would say, but like, doesn't seem to lack confidence in himself. Doesn't, right. he has a great energy, right? Like he plays with the, the right energy, a guy, you know, if you look back at that fourth and one that Braden Fajoko was on the show talking yeah. about against the Colts, like he was jumping over the pile to try to pull Nick Foles back. Right. And did eventually, but yeah, like he, he is a guy that's easy to root for. He's a guy that I think could be a fan favorite, but he could also, you know, be this year's whoever you want that to be, right? Jaleel will die when he was at yeah. his worst or whatever. Jerry right? Tillery, like, yeah. Oh, Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery is a guy that, thank God, we don't have to think that he is going to have a breakout season <laughs> in 2023 because he would definitely be in the next upcoming segment. Guys, that feels like they have the tools to have a breakout season, but we just can't trust it at this point, like Kenneth Murray coming up right after this. David, we have all different categories of breakout players in this one. Guys we're super confident about. Guys that it feels like it go either way. And then guys that we just can't, in good faith, that say they're going to break out. Even though I'm sure there are people out there that are going to use these guys as potential breakout candidates going into 2023. So, I think, David, it starts with someone who, I mean, we would never, but is always the darling of breakout player of the year for the Chargers. And that is Kenneth Murray. K9, a guy, David, where it's like, I can't do it going into year four. I, you know, I've talked about the injuries. He didn't have a good start to his career. I can't be the guy that puts Kenneth Murray on my list of breakout players at this point. Not even me, not even I can do it right now, and I am a very optimistic person. I want to see the best out of everybody. I want everyone to go out there and do the best that they are capable of doing, but I just can't do it for Kenneth Murray anymore. We tried I have to, I mean, to see it, okay? Yeah. I, you know, I like everyone else. You know, I convinced myself when they traded up for him in the first round that, hey, maybe this guy is going to use his athleticism and his sideline-to-sideline -side Tasmanian devil you know, style of play. And he's going to be able to you know, stuff the stat sheet and, and really be an impact guy. Like, I convinced myself that that was going to happen. And then year after year, it has not happened. And now Kenneth Murray has to go out there and show me. He's going to have yeah. to do it before I'm going to be a believer because I just have seen a very kind of, you know, just up and down type of trajectory mm. for him and mostly down. Um, so, I mean, until I see, you know, just game after game after game getting strung together of positive games, then maybe I'll start to believe. But right now I'm not there. 
there's things you could say, right? Like this, Eric Hendricks is the best linebacker, the most accomplished linebacker he's ever played next. No to, doubt, right? it's Drew Tranquil, it's Denzel Perriman, the guys he's yeah. played with. None of those guys were an All Pro like Eric Hendricks no. was, right? That's what he has going for him. Last year, I think you saw the most splashes from him. I agree, but I think it, when you're looking at, you know, if you're thinking about this as a scale, right? It's like the big time plays are kind of way up here, and then just the liabilities are down here, which is just so hard to you know, think that that's going to become an even thing. Because I think you right. would take even. You would take average. You would take, oh, for sure. you know, just the good with the bad if there was more of the good. But unfortunately, we just haven't seen enough of it. They're showing confidence in him, not enough to pick up the fifth-year option. But to not have a veteran to come in and take that spot right away, they did bring in Dayon Henley, which yeah. I think shows you, you know, where they think about the future at that position and how they don't see him in it. Yeah. I, we just can't do it. Like he's athletic enough. He has the tools to do it, but there's yeah. just too many issues to get behind him as a breakout candidate for the chargers this year. And that's the thing with this list. Like all these guys have the physical, physical tools to break out. Oh, they yeah. have guys that could be impact players. And the next guy is JT woods. Same thing, David Four three forty guy track athlete yeah. led the country in interceptions when he came out, yeah. uh, you know, when he was at Baylor and like real speed, real production at the same time. We're talking about him in this segment, David, and he's another guy where it's like, I just can't put any faith that he's going to be a breakout candidate, even though, you know, he's for sure going to be a guy people talk about a ton. Absolutely. And and it's because he's going to get chances to go out there and play on the field. And I don't know how you feel confident about that because (laughs) he's going to have to tackle. He's going to have to do it. It's going to, it's part of his job. And Unfortunately, from what we have seen so far for JT Woods is he cannot be relied upon to be able to do that on a consistent, any kind of consistent basis. And so that has to be at the forefront of his mind at all times. Every single time he steps on the field is I got to fix my tackling. I got to be better at it. I got to fix the technique. I got to get these guys on the ground. Honestly, I don't really care how it looks. I mean, as long as you get that player on the ground and you stop his momentum, then that's what I need to see out of JT Woods because I do feel confident in some other aspects of his game. And I do, and I think it's easy to to fall in love with those. Hey, this guy's got real speed. He can really go out there and run with anybody. He can cover a lot of ground. He can definitely go and track the football, and you feel pretty good about his ball skills on his ability to take that football away. he's, He's shown that he could do it, at least at the college level. He has not shown any of that at the NFL level. So it's time for that potential to turn into production for JT Woods because, quite frankly, Daniel, the Chargers need it from him as the roster is currently constructed right now. He's the next safety on the field, right? Like, that's the position he is right now as we see it. You know, Mark Webb, who knows, question mark, right? Raheem Lane, who knows? Like, this is the position where... who knows? Yeah, I mean... Derwin James has an injury history. Like, we're probably going to see what JT Woods has this year, whether we want it or not. And, like, he, it almost reminds me, like, in a baseball terminology, like, he's like a, a four-tool player, right? He's not a five-tool yeah. player where he can do right. everything. But, like, it would be like a baseball player who, you know, could steal 40 bags, played incredible defense, but had, like, a zero batting average. Like, you just right, – right. there, there's just no spot for you. You know, there's no designated yeah. fielder, right? So, nope. like – and that's what it feels like. There's a lot there to like. I think his his diagnose and how quickly he gets to, you know downfield is something. Yeah, he, he does really, it. real well. And like he also has the right temperament for it. It's not that he doesn't want to tackle. He's throwing his body all over the place. He just couldn't do it. Yeah. I think if you're looking for the reasons to think, you know, 
why he would be talked about in this regard as a potential breakout guy. Good instincts, quick trigger, full mm-hmm. first full offseason, right? That's another yeah. big thing. Held down That's a little big. bit last year, yeah. had some contract stuff, wasn't yeah. in, in in was coming, you know, from playing college football and having track and all the other things he had going right. for him. Man. All the other distractions, right? Just yeah. football now, right? A yeah. full season, right? And we and right. Brandon Staley talks about that a lot, especially when he talks about players like this. Is just that makes a big difference having that full season, full off season with the team. So yeah. A guy who has all the tools, has four of the five tools. If he could tackle, it feels like he could be a legitimate starting caliber player. Oh, yeah. But somehow, David, whether JT Woods can tackle or not has become one of the biggest freaking questions of this offseason. And it's crazy that that's where we are. I'd say one more guy to throw into this, David, that I want to touch on is Donald Parham. Another yeah. perpetual kind of breakout candidate guy that we just, you know, three seasons in, going into year four, David, it's hard to expect more at this point it's hard to keep expecting this dude to make a a massive step you know is a massive player who has all the talent in the world yeah and and i think it for donald parham jr it's just regardless of how it happened or the reasons why you know he just has to stay on the field i mean he has to stay on the field to be a guy that can show that that potential is more than that 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 he can go out there and and he can go out there and score touchdowns on a consistent basis and he can go out there and he can catch passes because i mean it's been just 10 catches 20 catches i mean it's just been very limited amounts of production for donald parham so yes he is definitely another guy where it's just i see the ability but now i need to see that ability turn into stats uh, over the course of hopefully an entire season one like all these guys, like I mean, less with JT Woods, but it's like, yeah, Kenneth Murray's first two seasons, right? Injured in both of them, shoulder yes. surgery, ankle injury. Like he had a bunch of stuff he was trying to work through. It never felt like he got like a fair shake at a full offseason. That's NFL life. Donald Parham, same thing, right? He had the very scary concussion injury yeah. against the Chiefs two years ago in 2021 that were you know sidelined in the remainder of the season. Last year, it's two separate hamstring injuries. And, you know, maybe that's a spot where the new athletic trainer, maybe can get this dude back on the field and it's less likely to be re-aggravated, right? Because yeah. It, it just, he didn't have a chance to make an impact last year. 10 catches, 20 catches, 10 catches, right? 40 catches yeah. in three seasons just yeah. isn't enough. But he's a 6'8 dude who ran a 4'6'8". <laughs> like, he, yeah. you know, just from a tools perspective, from, I think, you know, having the experience part of just now he's going into year four. He's a full-blown veteran at this point. Got signed to a two-year contract with the Chargers. That was yep. less than what it would have cost him as a restricted free agent to come back. I like Donald Parham. I think he's, even though he's never going to be confused as a great run blocker, I think he's made major strides there. Definitely, you know? yes. And, and I think that just, I, I want to see it. There's not many players I'm rooting for more just as far Seriously. as like the story of a dude like this going from the XFL getting to the NFL, right? Getting a second contract in the NFL. He's already made it farther than he probably should. I would love to see this dude kind of put it all together, and it would really, really help the Chargers, I think, to have that dude, a 6'8 weapon yes. like that, where, you know, if you actually have to start worrying about Donna Barham and you also have Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnson and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett to worry Scary. about, then you have a lot of different guys that can threaten defenses, and you just there's only so many people you can pay extra attention to, right? So, like, if the Chargers can get passable play by these three players, like that'll go, you know, pay huge dividends so into far. what they can do. This it'll go so far this season. So yeah, it's really exciting to see. I mean, all of the every every single person that we talked about has a chance to break out. Yeah, we'll see who does it because it happens every year. Like Alohi Gilman kind of had a mini breakout. Like even Kenneth Murray, right? We've seen two straight linebackers yeah. have their best season 
totally out of nowhere to some extent with Kazir Wright and Kenneth, or and Drew Tranquil having their yeah. best years in year four. Kenneth Murray, year four coming up. All these guys, you can make the argument. Zion, I feel really good about Zion. I feel really good about the rest of the guys. Very boomer bust. And towards opportunity the end, you know, is going to knock, and it's up to to them to see who's going to answer the door. Exactly. But who's going to be answering the door tomorrow is Eric D. Williams, Fox Sports, covering the Chargers and LA Sports. Also, former ESPN beat writer for the Chargers, coming on. I'm very excited. He's one of the few writers that's been around since the Philip Rivers times. I'm excited to get into some Philip Rivers questions with him tomorrow. A little throwback before getting to. The man himself, Isaiah Spiller, breakout candidate on Thursday show. So make sure you guys don't miss that. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also never miss the show by following all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, as well as the show's page at Lockdown LAC. And the everydayers already know David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open. So you can also hit us up on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and on the Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We are planning on doing Fan Mail Friday, still even in a packed week for you guys. So if you want to call into the voicemail line and leave a 30-second Chargers question in there, you can do that at 323-524-7924. But that's going to wrap it up for us today. Another big-time interview for you guys tomorrow before Isaiah Spiller on Thursday. Until then, though, take it easy and go Bolts.